whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the Medical and Vaccine Report. This is Dr. Lee for America, and I am here with Colonel Tom Remfer today. We will be discussing the latest FDA announcements regarding the COVID shots. And speaking as a physician, America, they are repeating the fraud they unleashed on us in 2021, pretending that this is an approved COVID shot that's now being available and encouraged, and in some cases, in some settings, actually now being mandated. Yet again, we have an experimental shot, not full FDA approval, misrepresentation in the media and the announcements. And we're going to dissect that today. We're going to review the new and updated shot approval versus the authorization because approving an authorization is not full FDA approval of a new medicine or vaccine. We're gonna go back and review the deception that was pulled on the public in 2021. And and I was speaking out strongly about that at the time because there was no FDA approval of the COVID shots on August 23rd, 2021. They only gave conditional approval to Comirnaty based on a continuation of five more years of safety studies. And then the next day they pulled the licensing agreement it expired, and Comirnaty was never manufactured and available in the United States for military or civilians. So that was a deception right off the bat. And then we're going to look at the difference between the monovalent shots, the bivalent shots, help make some sense of all this confusion. And we're going to start going, giving you a little historical perspective on the FDA's drug regulation history from 1906 to the present day. Now, what's unique about Colonel Tom Remfer, who is a retired U.S. Air Force colonel and combat pilot, is that he was in the Air Force as a military service member during the mandate for the investigational anthrax vaccine. Now, I remember that from earlier in my career. And I also remember when I was in Norfolk, Virginia, treating military service members who had complications of the anthrax vaccine at that time. So the anthrax debacle 
was causing problems. And that ultimately, the unlawful mandate for military to get an investigational anthrax vaccine ultimately went to court and it was overturned in court. Colonel Rumford will tell you more about that, the details of it. And then Congress put in safeguards to prevent this from ever happening again. And lo and behold, in 2021, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin under the Biden administration again mandated a COVID shot for all military, ostensibly only using an FDA approved one, but there was never an FDA approved one available for the military or the civilians. So all the way around, the same fraud was perpetrated in 2021, as happened with anthrax, and there are other examples of that over the years, and is now being perpetrated on us again. Colonel Remfer, thank you so much for being here today to help our listeners understand all of the fraud that's gone on, and they are repeating it once again. And thank you for your service to our country in the Air Force, as well as your current service as an airline pilot. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, I appreciate the the nice intro and uh, explanation of what we're going to try to clear up for the American people. Um, It has to be cleared up because it's been very muddied. the issues about vaccine approvals, the issues about what vaccines are available uh, are very confusing. Almost it seems like by design, but we'll be gracious and just say that it's confusing and we'll try to clear it up uh, for folks. And the historical perspective is very important. Um, uh, In addition to talking a little bit about the history, um, not only of my own military service, I'll just start out with a disclaimer that my views are my own personal views and they don't uh, necessarily represent that of the Department of Defense uh, or the government at this time. Hopefully they will in the future. Uh, that's one kind of uh, interesting aspect of most everything that myself and my colleagues have ever brought forth over the years in our um, whistleblowing. Um, but, you know, I would just say our service to the country and to the military and to the government and trying to make sure that the truth Uh, gets out is oftentimes, actually almost exclusively, our opinion uh, and concerns about uh, drug regulation, particularly as it um, impacted military members, was actually the government and the military's same position. So um, the positions I express today may not necessarily currently reflect the government position, but I think they um, ultimately will just as they essentially did in the past. Um, When it came to the anthrax vaccine, we did object to it many years ago after being a part of an official uh, military team tasked to look at the uh, vaccine mandate. And our conclusion was uh, that it was illegal. And we brought that to the attention of the uh, chain of command. Uh, Our concerns were effectively dismissed. Uh, They moved forward with the mandate. Uh, In our opinion, it was illegal. Um, uh, All of the uh, government documentation, military documentation uh, supported that, that they knew the vaccine was uh, not properly licensed, that it was investigational, and there was a law on the books uh, based on the 
previous Gulf War experimentation with drugs and vaccines that the military was not allowed uh, to experiment on our soldiers. Soldiers had to be given their prior consent rights. And so when they moved forward with the anthrax vaccine mandate, it appeared to uh, directly conflict with that. Uh, fortunately, the Congress looked into it. The lone congressional report, uh, House Report 106-556, um, in uh, the 2000 timeframe, confirmed that the vaccine was investigational and it violated the tenets of Title 10 of the U.S. Code, Section 1107. Um, that said service members had to be given their prior conform, uh, prior uh, consent rights for an investigational drug product. Uh, but the military moved forward anyway. And so uh, ultimately we ended up uh, suing in federal court. Uh, federal court ended up concurring with um, our determination that the drug product was investigational. And we'd also filed a citizen petition with the Food and Drug Administration um, uh, a couple years earlier prior to a federal court injunction. A federal court injunction said uh, they had to stop the mandate, uh, that it was indeed uh, uh, experimental, uh, investigational. Uh, and the federal judge actually said uh, that we will not allow our troops to be used as guinea pigs. And you know that's the judge's terminology, not mine. Um, so the military was told uh, you can not um, experiment on our soldiers. The federal court ended up using our citizen petition as a foundational basis for that ruling. Our citizen petition had highlighted that the um, uh, U.S. government had never uh, properly licensed under the Food and Drug Administration the anthrax vaccine. Uh, they had proposed um, to uh, license it uh, in the federal register, but they had never finalized that ruling. So the federal government uh, was uh, uh, basically forced by the courts to stop their mandate and properly license the vaccine. And in the interim, and this is a really important intersection between anthrax vaccines and COVID vaccines, in the interim, they actually created a new law called the Emergency Use Authorization or EUA law um, under both Title uh, 21 uh, governing um, uh, food, drugs, and cosmetics, and also under uh, Title 10, Section 1107, a subset, 1107A, uh, governing uh, military uh, vaccination and uh, uh, programs. And with that new law, they said that a investigational unapproved medical product could be offered. They made very clear in the Federal Register that that drug product could not be mandated. It had to be strictly voluntary. Uh, people had to have the option to accept or refuse the product. That, that was the agreement uh, between the government and the federal courts as they move forward. Uh, while under injunction, the anthrax vaccine was allowed on a strictly optional basis, absolutely no penalty, no loss of entitlements, no loss of benefits. Those words are all in the federal register. That was the precedent. An anthrax vaccine was the precedent application of emergency use um, authorizations. It was the first ever emergency use authorizations and it was strictly voluntary. And so with that, we kind of fast forward 20 years and the COVID vaccines came out under emergency use authorization and they had to be strictly voluntary. The way in which the military applied that up until August, September of 2021 timeframe is they recognized they could not mandate these drug products because they were EUA. And it was only after the Food and Drug Administration announced a quote unquote approval for a new drug product called Comirnaty um, uh, in August of 2021 
that then the federal government and the military move forward with mandating uh, the COVID vaccines. But the Department of Defense memos from the Secretary of Defense made very clear it had to be the fully approved product. And what we do know from a historical lens, um, uh, looking back, the FDA approved product was, uh, for all practical purposes, never provided. It, it was never Comirnaty that was in the U.S. marketplace. It was always the Pfizer BioNTech emergency use authorized drug product. So it was all still under emergency use authorization and it had to be voluntary. The mandates on the federal level, whether it was the uh, federal contractor mandate, the large employer mandate, the federal employee mandate, the uh, medical workers uh, mandate, they were all patently illegal based on the fact that they were providing emergency use authorized product and uh, the federal government knew perfectly well that they could not mandate that. Um, they tried to make an excuse, an argument under uh, the law, parsing out the word consequences and implying that the law said there could be consequences, but those consequences were strictly medical in nature. And that's affirmed by uh, 21 CFR 50.25, which talks about human protection and uh, informed consent. And the exact same language is there in uh, that human protection informed consent provision of the Code of Federal Regulations, 50.25. And it talks about consequences and they're strictly medical in nature. So when the federal government um, uh, mandated the vaccines, it was in direct violation of the law, 21 USC 360 BBB-3, that said people had to be given the option to accept or refuse. And it was in direct violation of 10 USC 1107A, which said that service members had to be given their prior consent. Now, as we know, again, uh, kind of you know, updating this very convoluted legal history, all of the mandates have been rescinded by the federal government. They're attempting or have been successful in getting all of the lawsuits dismissed or mooted based on the fact that the mandates are now over. They're trying to make sure, very sure that these um, arguments about the patent illegality, the core illegality of the mandates are, are never tested or, or uh, affirmed uh, by the courts. Uh, but the bottom line is um, not only have the mandates been uh, rescinded, but also the original um, uh, authorization for the monovalent vaccines uh, for Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna, they were also rescinded. The um, the bivalent boosters have most recently, this month, those authorizations have been rescinded. Um, I actually called my local medical clinic, my doctor, and uh, I asked, what do you have available right now? They said nothing. Uh, nothing's approved or authorized at this point. They're waiting for the new quote unquote updated vaccines to come in. And so uh, I'm going to talk more about those, but I'm going to take one more step back in history to kind of provide perspective uh, to the American people as to uh, how business is supposed to be done. You know, what is the FDA supposed to be doing? What was their original charter and preamble? And I'm going to read right out of the original Federal Register from 1972, where they talked about the importance to the American public of safe and effective vaccines, serums, blood, and other analogous biological products cannot be understated. So in 1972, when the uh, biologics were basically transferred over, transferred over from the Food and Drug Administration to the National Institute, uh, from the National Institute of Health, the, um, the government was making very clear that vaccines had to be proven safe and effective. But the history 
was lengthy up until that point. As early as 1902, there was a Biologics Control Act, and in 1905, uh, they made sure that uh, that medical products were safe. 1906 was the first drug act. In 1938, the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act was created in order to ensure safe and effective uh, vaccine drugs. And specifically in 1962, the Harris-Kafar amendments were um, added to the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act to ensure efficacy, uh, that, that uh, vaccines uh, and drugs were effective. Uh, as I mentioned in 1972, they transferred the um, uh, vaccines or biologics over to the FDA from the National Institute of, of Health. And the point is, is this entire history of drug regulation for literally from 100 years ago was always making sure that we increased the proven safety and efficacy of, of, of drug products. Um, that all changed uh, with what we were talking about, the emergency use authorization. In 2005, with that emergency use authorization, the standards were changed. They were diluted. I say adulterated. You know, they were adulterated. They were lessened. These formerly strict requirements for proven safe and effective vaccines uh, now became, and I'm going to read this right off of the FDA website, now uh, vaccines or drugs may be effective um, for their emergency use applications for a lower level of evidence than the effectiveness standard that the FDA uses for product approvals. And it's very important to, to emphasize that that proven standard is now only reasonable to believe that the product may be effective. So the bottom you line- You know, this is really a, <clears throat> this is a staggering difference and a major reduction in the quality standard. And the public, I'm sure most people know nothing about any of this. Not many people take the time to read the details and change language and deceptive language on the FDA website. Right. And, and the FDA website goes further, you know, buried within it, uh, you know, after the headlines kind of say safe uh, and effective. Um, when you actually dig into the emergency use authorization, it says that under an EUA, FDA may allow okay, the use of an unapproved medical product or an unapproved use of an, of an approved medical product for an emergency use. And, you know, this is the point. Drug regulation standards with the EUA law that happened right after and as a result of the anthrax vaccine controversy became less stringent. I don't think as an American citizen that that is in the best <clears throat> interests of the American people. Um, clearly they're doing it based on this idea of there's an emergency, we need to field a drug product very quickly. The problem is, I do not believe that they are being transparent, candid, honest, forthright with the American people. They are trying to create an illusion of approval while these drug products are really less safe, maybe only safe and effective. I apologize, my dogs are barking in the background. Um, the, the drug products are only reasonably safe. They've diluted the standards, yet they're still trying to create the mirage that there's an approval. So let's talk about that August 23 approval of 2021. They quote unquote approved the new product for Pfizer-BioNTech 
um, com community. It never made it to the marketplace and they reissued, simultaneously reissued the EUA while broadcasting to the American people and the media um, and all of our subordinate government and military officials that it's approved. The approved product never makes it to the marketplace. They only offer emergency use authorized product, which enjoy liability shields for the manufacturer. All the risk is translated to the American people and the American service member. Uh, people effectively can't sue the manufacturer, can't sue the government. They can only uh, apply for claims that almost uh, it, uh, uniformly are uh, dismissed uh, and would be a very, very small benefit even if they were able to be approved under the counter countermeasures um, uh, protection program. Um, so the bottom line is, is that they, they are creating this ruse that there is an approved product available. And so now let's fast forward to what's going on now. Um, up until uh, present day, uh, there for all practical purposes has never been an approved product that the American people have been able to take. Um, this will surprise folks. And I think it would be a very interesting test to, to ask you know, our citizens, do you think the products that are available are approved? And most everybody's gonna say, yeah, they're approved because that's what the headlines are saying. The media uh, and the headlines are, uh, FDA has approved this, but then the truth in the fine print is they're only authorized. And so uh, while there is a paper approval for Cormanati, the Pfizer product, and while there is a paper approval for the uh, Moderna product called SpikeVax, um, to the best of our knowledge, those have never actually become available to the American public. Right now, we're at a pivotal time where technically they're saying that the new product um, the updated shots, um, and this is after the bivalent shots, which were exclusively emergency use authorized. They didn't even pretend that those were approved. Now they're saying that the new shots that are updated are gonna have an amended approval based on these additions that they're making to the originally paper approved Pfizer and Moderna products called Comirnaty and Moderna. They're saying that they're gonna be approved. We've yet to actually see an approved product show up in the American marketplace. That will be the test, Dr. Lee. Later this month, when updated shots do come through, do they say Comirnaty on them? Do they say SpikeVax on them? Or do they say Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna mRNA? If they do not have the approved product marketing name of Comirnaty and Spikevax, which we've yet to see, then they indeed are still emergency use authorized. And that means that they're investigational unapproved medical products and that the liability shield uh, is in place for the manufacturers to be free of all liability. Not only are they free of liability, but all of the covered entities, all of the people in the decision-making and distribution chain um, the pharmacies, the doctors, everybody is completely uh, wiped of any liability because of the emergency use authorization law. Except the person who gets the shot and pays the price for medical care and the consequences of damage if they have an adverse reaction. So the liability has been all transferred to the recipient of the experimental shot. There is no recourse through the courts and very difficult to get any compensation ever through the vaccine compensation injury division 
that was set up to handle these cases, but it's almost impossible to get through that system as well as get an award. Carl Remper, there's another even more ominous aspect that I'm aware of from our international experts working with me on the Inside Pharma report. And that is that Hedley Reese, who has 40 years experience as pharmaceutical manufacturing in, in big pharma, he worked for Bayer Pharmaceutical Company for a while, but, but also as a consultant on pharmaceutical manufacturing compliance with good manufacturing standards, compliance with safety oversight of the supply chain, the ingredients, the distribution, the finishing. Headley Reese has been sounding the alarm from the UK for Europe and the US that the FDA and the European Medicines Agency and the UK MHRA, all of the regulatory agencies have waived good manufacturing practices compliance requirements for the COVID shots. There is no oversight, no inspection of the manufacturing facilities, no oversight on the supply chain source of ingredients, no oversight to see that they are complying with the good manufacturing standards. And in addition to that, they have been allowing the the products to be shipped, to be finished in pharmacies and vaccination centers that don't have the equipment to do proper finishing, to do sterile dilutions of getting the larger batches into the smaller vials and do so under sterile conditions, nor do they have the proper refrigeration. And we just did an interview today for the whistleblower report that airs after yours, showing that the freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing with all of this change in the distribution of the product of these mRNA shots is causing instability of the mRNA itself, as well as more instability of the lipid nanoparticle coating, making them more toxic. And all of this is being covered up. This, yeah. these, these confusing um, labels the FDA is using. America, I'm sorry, I can't be as charitable as Colonel Remfer is and say that it's just confusing. This is deliberate deception. I, I'm a physician in practice. I'm seeing the damage that people have experienced when they were lied to about the fact that these were approved shots and they had been subjected to safety and effectiveness testing. They have not. They were all experimental use. There's all kinds of variation in the quality, in the temperature control, in the ingredients. They've, they've been batch after batch has been shown to be contaminated. This is all a deliberate loosening of the very standards that were put in place to protect the public safety. So I, I feel much more strongly about the fact that there is no way this is by accident. They know exactly what they're doing. And we'll take a break at this point and come back. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report, talking today about the continuing fraud by the FDA 
deceiving the American people about the safety and effectiveness of the COVID shots. And by extension, concerns about other vaccines that are no longer subject to the same safety and regulatory oversight either. Check out our website, truthforhealth.org. Listen to the whistleblower reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org. Sign up for our email alerts and join our crusade. We cannot be silent in the face of this evil assault on God's gift of life. We will be right back. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. I'm Dr. Lee for America, here with a report on the latest announcements by the FDA regarding the COVID shots coming this fall. This is Colonel Remfer, U.S. Air Force Colonel retired and a military pilot, as well as now a commercial airline pilot, continuing to serve our country and all of us, and bringing us the truth about the deception that's been going on since at least the anthrax vaccine, if not before that. So, Colonel Remford, go ahead with what you were talking about. I brought up, you were bringing up the concerns about the fact that we are still using EUA products, and I'm, I'm questioning whether uh, Comirnaty is actually going to be available at all because its BLA licensing expired the day after they awarded it in 2021. So I'm not sure that that isn't yet another sleight of hand and deception for the American people. But then I brought up the point about the manufacturing standards being waived and no one's looking at where do the ingredients come from? Is there any contamination? Are they being distributed properly? And are they being manufactured under proper conditions? So that's a whole nother dimension of the safety issues for people who are trying to make a decision about whether to get the shot. Yeah, and your point about manufacturing practices are very important. Um, that was something that during our era of challenging the anthrax vaccine, um, we were very concerned about. There was a uh, government uh, accountability office report that came out and um, actually uh, concurred with. Um, we brought the information to them. They researched it. And uh, we had discovered that the 
Um, Department of Defense in, in coordination with the manufacturer had uh, altered filter and fer uh, fermentation uh, systems, had expanded the assembly lines, all without approval. Uh, and so we brought that to the attention um, of the government. It never became the basis for the shutdown of the program because they shut it down uh, for kind of the higher level reasons that it was just, you know, straight up experimental, investigational, and not licensed by the Food and Drug Administration. Um, but the uh, manufacturing practices were very important. You mentioned uh, current good manufacturing practices referred to as CGMPs. And anytime a drug product uh, isn't properly inspected or is altered, uh, it adulterates a drug product and makes it illegal to um, uh, move in uh, interstate commerce or uh, distribute um, at a, a private or public level. Anytime the purity, potency, stability, or sterility of a drug product is um, uh, altered uh, in an uh, unapproved uh, fashion, it has to be approved. And if it's not, if they're not inspecting, how can it be a, an approved product? Um, this is why my suspicion is, is that the drug product you actually see uh, emerge later this month called updated um, based on the original uh, community and spike uh, vax paper approvals. Um, I I personally think it's unlikely that they would have been able to put in the inspection apparatus, uh, logistical uh, nightmare to make sure that that was all inspected properly, to make sure that purity, potency, stability, and sterility have not been impacted, to make sure that these uh, updated formulations um, have not changed the safety or efficacy of the drug product. So my suspicion is, is that we're not going to see Comirnaty labeled product come out. Uh, at we'll, end of the month, we'll see. Does it say Pfizer beyond test? I don't think we. Can, I don't think there's any way they can do that because, in addition to the fact that just the logistics of getting all that in place that you just mentioned, they waived the requirement to do so. That was done in the spring of 2022, so they're not even planning to require all the steps you just talked about. And and the requirement that. The preamble for the Food and Drug Administration that it cannot be understated that they need to have proven safe and effective vaccines. The idea that we're going in reverse, we're unwinding the protections for the American people, that now products may only be uh, reasonably safe. They believe they're safe. It makes no sense. And so I think it's very important as, as citizens that we speak out and we demand that our public health agencies reinstitute the strict controls on safety and efficacy that exist in the, in the, in the past. And that well, that's exactly what Surgeon General of Florida, Joseph Ladapo, Dr. Ladapo, has just called for. Exactly. And not, not only has he, he, he cautioned the people to, take the, to not take these products, but he's also emphasized the requirement that people take care of their health, make sure that they um, are living healthy lifestyles in order to protect their immune systems, not messing with, you know, literally millions and millions of years of human immunological evolution by screwing it up, by putting in products into their body that may not be safe, may not be effective. And at this point, I mean, I think the American people, uh, by large, you know, even if they're confused as to the status of approved versus authorized, uh, is there liability? Uh, you know, um, I don't think there's any confusion in anybody's mind at this point that they're 
it was an effectiveness problem. Uh, the vaccines do not stop tra uh, transmission or infection. Uh, there is not an immunizing effect uh, from the vaccines. Um, there are health concerns, whether it be myocarditis or pericarditis. Um, so at this point, is that risk that has been translated 110% on the citizenry, is it worth it? Or should you follow Dr. Ladapo's advice and be concerned about this, uh, certainly for the children. Now, it's interesting that the approval for the authorization, and again, it's just fascinating the way they word it in the um, uh, public releases. You know, they talk about approval for authorization. Well, what they're really saying is it's authorized under EUA, it's not approved. So they're mixing the words. This is where the trust and credibility uh, problem exists for the Food and Drug Administration, uh, the CDC, the U.S. government, and even the military, where they're putting out confusing word associations where they're acting like something is approved for authorization, but if they were really to tell you the ground truth, it means it's emergency use authorized. We'll know more by the end of the month when these products actually start hitting the shelves, uh, we'll know more as to whether or not these are actually still EUA, meaning they are unapproved investigational medical products and the manufacturers have been continued to be uh, granted uh, liability shields. Um, you know, it's also problematic for um, uh, the children. Uh, the idea that under the um, uh, National Vaccine uh, Injury, uh, Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, uh, that once a drug product gets put on the child schedule, uh, that there's also a liability shield. So, um, so that's also problematic and as to whether or not that liability shield extends to the manufacturer, even if they are not EUA, still the risk has, has been 110% translated on the American public versus on the people that are manufacturing or promulgating these policies. It, it really is so critical that the public understands this. And, and I'm just very grateful that you've joined us to do this discussion. I also think that people need to understand better the fact that when you inject any foreign protein into the human body, it triggers the immune system to engage in a reaction to stop that foreign protein from damaging the body. And that ends up leading to a rise in autoimmune disorders. And we've been seeing that since the COVID shot rolled out. But, but in addition, there've been dozens of independent analyses of batches of the COVID shots showing all kinds of contamination, including contamination with the plasmid DNA and prionogenic proteins, viral proteins, that end up leading to devastating brain damage, such as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, that has risen dramatically since the COVID shots were rolled out. And all of these cancers are on the rise because they, they are suppressing the tumor suppressor gene, P53, and altering and causing more inflammation, which increases the risk of cancers, as well as all of the heart problems we've been seeing. But the bottom line 
to me as a practicing physician is people don't need to take a risk with the COVID shots. COVID is a mild illness and the new variants that they keep trying to gin up the fear about are variants that are milder. They spread more easily. That's the way viruses always mutate. They are more transmissible, but they're less deadly. So what we're seeing this fall is a variant of COVID that has mutated to be less severe, spread easier like a cold, and it's basically no worse than a head cold. But they're trying to use the fear-mongering to drive people to take the experimental shots. At the same time, all people really need to do, do a povidone iodine nasal spray, clean out your nose three or four times a day if you're around a lot of people, do Listerine or other gargles that are antibacterial, antiviral gargles for your throat. Clear, keep your upper respiratory pathway clear. Make sure you've got adequate, as Dr. Lodapo and many of us have been saying, make sure you're taking plenty of vitamin D, zinc, and acetylcysteine, vitamin C, and you're eating a healthy diet, cut back on the alcohol and other drugs that suppress the immune system. Exercise. These are all things that help improve your immune response. And if you get sick, we treat it with an antiviral or if need be an antibacterial, like an antibiotic. You really don't need to even take the risk of these shots. I never have thought the flu shots were necessary because for most younger people, flu is a mild illness and you just treat it. Rest and fluids and something to bring down the fever and take care of the body aches. It's really not rocket science. Our grandmothers taught us what to do. You know, and it's interesting that uh, that you talk about some of the alternative remedies. And, you know, that's another uh, important aspect of the emergency use authorization is it specifically says that in including the requirement that there are no adequate approved and available alternatives. So what we've seen uh, is that there has been a suppression um, of, uh, you know, either availability uh, um, or uh, authorizations, approval, distribution of alter alternative um, uh, type treatments. Um, and so I do think it's really important, you know, just the most recent um, pronouncements by uh, Dr. Lapato, um, the idea that they're focusing on uh, potentially other alternative treatments or, uh, you know, healthy lifestyle, I think it's very positive. Um, I also think it's really interesting from a credibility and trust perspective that the folks from the government, I think, have a credibility problem. Whereas I look at, at, at folks like yourself, uh, Dr. Corey, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rish, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Tyson, there's so many courageous doctors, Dr. Nass, willing to speak out despite the, the potential risks. And I think that it's very important that Americans open up their aperture and make sure that they're listening to some of that alternative medical advice for um, available, um, effective uh, alternatives, as well as an emphasis on healthy lifestyle, which there's been a dearth of that kind of emphasis from the federal government. I think the federal government uh, would be, um, uh, it would be very smart of them to start focusing on making sure people um, are thinking about healthy lifestyles and how they may improve immune health um, based on those uh, type of measures. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, it just it's kind of fascinating move, moving forward. Um, we'll see here at the end of the month uh, what they what they produce. You know, I'm watching the paperwork. It's very confusing to me, and I've been tracking this kind of stuff for a long time. You know, and again, I take you back in history. You know, as early as 1985, when when we were looking at the documents, uh, you know, the military knew their anthrax vaccine was not adequate. They called it unsatisfactory. They put out a request for a proposal to have a new vaccine, and and yet. Almost 15 years later, they went ended up mandating the same known adequate unapproved vaccine that was investigational. They knew it was investigational just a couple of years prior. They had submitted uh, a investigational new drug application to try to get it properly approved. It was unapproved. They moved forward with a patently illegal program. And uh, that program, fascinatingly enough, was about to be canceled uh, just prior to 9-11. So a couple of years prior to our litigation, which did shut it down, just prior to 9-11, um, we'd worked very hard. We had um, a great deal of very um, honest uh, elected representatives and advocates. Um, H. Ross Perot helped us, Carl Rove was helping us in the White House. Um, the undersecretaries um, of defense and the deputy secretary of defense had made recommendations to secretary of defense Rumsfeld to not uh, use the existing anthrax vaccine further, develop a new vaccine. This was in this was in August of 2001, one month prior to 9-11. And then, as we all know, from a historical lens, again, uh, after 9-11, anthrax letters were put in the mail. There was a fear bomb that was that was put out there, and it appeared to us that they were trying to stop the review uh, and criticism of the anthrax vaccine program. Sure enough, the anthrax vaccine manufacturer, which had been shut down due to quality control problems, they'd actually received a notice of intent to revoke their license uh, several years earlier. They, they actually accelerated the reopening of the manufacturer and started buying more vaccine based on the anthrax letters. It took the, the FBI and the Department of Justice almost 10 years to finally put out the conclusions to the American public that those anthrax letter attacks, the motive for them was to save the failing anthrax vaccine. But it didn't happen for, for 10 more years. All of these things happened in the interim, like the PrEP Act and all of the, the massive uh, BioShield um, uh, uh, authorizations for more funding. So it absolutely worked. Who was responsible? I'm agnostic on that, but I, I absolutely believe that the government 10 years later got the motive right. There was a fear bomb that was put out there in order to resuscitate and revive the anthrax vaccine program, even though everybody was agreeing that the vaccine was, was inadequate. Fortunately, uh, a couple of years later, we were able to shut the program down um, uh, through the federal court ruling based on the fact that they um, had not properly processed the paperwork. It really was a paperwork argument, but sometimes you have to have to just analyze the paperwork and make sure you're smart on what they're supposed to be doing to make sure that they stay sharp on the laws that they're supposed to be enforcing. Well, that's exactly right. And so we see the same tactic launching a fear bomb on anthrax, because I, re I remember that really well. The people that were hurt the most by that were our military service members who were mandated to get it. 
to get that inadequate and unsafe anthrax vaccine. But they did the same thing with COVID, launching the fear, saying asymptomatic spread, a lie, saying that millions would die. Again, false computer modeling, a lie. Suppression of early treatment. They created the same fear-mongering tactic. Fear was the weapon used to terrorize the American people into compliance with experimental vaccine mandates. Bottom line, both cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, there are so many parallels, Um, not only the playbook that they employed in order to try to get people to comply with the mandates, um, but also the parallels just about origins. I mean, you know, for all practical purposes, The anthrax letter attacks essentially uh, came from within the military um, industrial complex. You know, ultimately, the FBI said that it was an army scientist who was responsible for the anthrax vaccine who was trying to save uh, his program. So origins, proximal origins are very important. And that same parallel concept, I think academics would find this intriguing to kind of research the history and, and see the parallels that the origins of uh, the push to have anthrax vaccine essentially came from a bio incident from with from the inside. And so if you look at COVID, if you look at the pandemic originating out of Wuhan, there's still a controversy, but the prevailing thought, the, the, um, the, the evidence, the preponderance of evidence, according to our elected officials and most government agencies agree, the preponderance of evidence is that the um, origins of COVID, the proximal origins uh, originated from uh, lab experiments. And so it's important. And scientists that were on the DOD payroll look at, and NIH look at, Ralph Barrick and Peter Daszak at UNC that were involved in the gain of function studies that led to the increasing um deadliness of the COVID, SARS-CoV-2 virus, that was going on here before it got to Wuhan Virology Institute and the anthrax development with the army scientist trying to save the anthrax program for his lab and all of that research, very, very parallel to what we saw with Fauci and his hand in these other current events. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I I try to stay away from necessarily, um, you know, negative attribution on specific names, but, you know, uh, an an entity, a character like Dr. Fauci, he's instrumental because not only in the post-anthrax letter attack era did he benefit um, in his capacities under uh, NIAID um, and NIH to get massive funding and massive control after the, the bio incident of the anthrax letter attacks. Uh, but then he was obviously a front man for the events preceding the COVID pandemic and, and after. And the kind of the most intriguing um, aspect of his involvement is that 
the evidence is quite clear that he went out of his way along with other government officials like Collins to try to marginalize the possibility that it came from a lab. I think that there was a vulnerability for these uh, folks. Um, if that ended up being uh, the truth, it appears that it was the truth. And they went out of their way with Lancet articles um, and in order to try to marginalize um, uh, gaslight and, and, and throw people under the bus as conspiracy theorists if they even mentioned the idea that it was a lab leak. Hopefully, again, the academics, the mainstream media will look at these kinds of events and over time, hopefully the, the, the truth will come out. The motives of these folks will um, be, be laid out for the American people so that they're a little bit more aware and cautious the next time around when government officials are saying, trust me, we're the government, you have to do this. And then when they're reluctant, when they're hesitant, they end up mandating it. And, and that's problematic truth mandating it in violation of existing law. Well, there is an outstanding book that has already factually and unequivocally documented a lot of what you've just been describing, that when you say the truth will ultimately come out, the truth is already out there and well-documented. COVID-19, the global predators, we are the prey by Dr. Peter Bregan, Ginger Bregan, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. McCullough, and I all carefully reviewed the manuscript and made suggestions, provided additional documentation. Everything is carefully footnoted, original source documents. So there, there is a great deal of truth that has already been exposed. We need more people to take it seriously and wake up and realize that the fraud is continuing and you are the victim. So we're urging you to pay attention to the warnings and don't be a victim this time. Masks don't work. Masks don't stop viruses. It's like a chain link fence to stop a mosquito, to put one of those surgical masks over your face. And even the box says, not FDA approved to prevent COVID. Lockdowns don't work. Quarantining healthy people doesn't work. Suppressing early treatment leads to death and damage. Experimental vaccines rushed without any manufacturing and safety oversight leads to death and damage. It's really very straightforward. Use your common sense. Take charge of your health. Take the steps to be healthy take the supplements and vitamins and nutraceuticals that improve your immune system and your health, use prescription medications appropriately, older, safer ones that we know how they work, we know their safety record, and treat viral illnesses at the beginning. Don't wait until you're at death's door and then expect the hospital to rescue you. Hospitals are being paid to follow the government protocols. We have the documentation on all of the incentive payments. Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services list all of the incentive payments. It's all there for anyone to read. The problem is most people don't have time or they don't know where to look. So that's why we are bringing you these reports that give you facts, provide documentation and truth for you to do your own 
checking and for you to take steps to make informed decisions, not be manipulated through fear, lies, and deception. Any closing words, Colonel Remfer? You know, um, excellent thoughts, Dr. Lee. Um, in addition to hopefully the media becoming more aware of um, these truths, um, these alternative um, arguments um, and academia, uh, I also think it's very important that Congress has the courage um, to step out, be in front on this, uh, not implement half measures. For instance, the um, National Defense Authorization Act of 2023 fortunately halted the military uh, mandate for COVID vaccines, no different than the unprecedented judicial halting of the anthrax vaccine 20 years earlier. So the legislature halted the mandate. They didn't go the additional step and actually uh, analyze the uh, patent illegality of the program. Unfortunately, I feel like the politicians tend to kind of look for the more politically acceptable alternative. They knew they had to shut the program down, um, but I think it would have been important to take that next step and really call it for what it is and hold individuals accountable for their uh, improper, illegal implementation of mandates, both in the Department of Defense and um, and on the society. So um, I think I think that courage and, and reflection uh, need for people to resurvey their judgments and uh, call things for what they are and not look for some politically acceptable alternative explanation and path, not do the half measures. Uh, because they did the half measures, soldiers are having a really hard time getting reinstated into the military. They're having a really hard time getting their back pay, getting their records corrected for their uh, COVID vaccine refusals. Um, had the Congress um, made sure <clears throat> that they halted it um, based on uh, the illegalities, I think they would have gone the extra step to to also direct that the Department of Defense unilaterally correct the records for these troops in these times of uh, increased readiness and retention problems. I think you're right. And I just urge all of you among the public, employers unlawfully mandated the COVID shots, the military unlawfully mandated what ended up being delivered as experimental shots, colleges, other businesses, all were mandating EUA shots. America, you don't have to stand for that going forward. EUA products are always voluntary. You have the option to refuse. Know your rights and exercise them. Stand strong against tyranny. This is Dr. Lee for America. We will be back with another Whistleblower Report. Check out all of the current and archived Whistleblower Reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org and go to www.truthforhealth.org. If you have had a COVID shot and have injury and complications and medical problems, download our Vaccine Injury Treatment Guide and sign up for our email alerts join our crusade, and please donate to support our continued fight for medical freedom and truth. We'll be back again with another whistleblower report. Thank you for joining us today.